Traditionally, we know that we have five senses: sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. And medical scientists they dis- discover some more, at least three more, and those are uh, the number six is vestibular system, which is a sense of head movement in space and how you keep your balance. So there's, a, there's something inside your ear that keep your balance so you don't fall. That's one, one of the senses. And the other one is proprioceptive system. So that's the sensation sent from muscles and joint of the body movement. So awareness, that gives us the awareness of our uh, body part. For example, if I close my eyes, and if I don't have that uh, sense, I won't know where is my eyes and where's my head. So I can tell where's my ear, where's my nose. So that's the ability to give me the sense, is that's one of the sense that we have. And the other one is interoception, which is uh, the inner sensors that give us uh, the feeling like, for example, the hunger and the thirst that we have and our heart rate and our body temperature and our respiration and so on. So there are uh, roughly about eight sensors, uh, eight sensory system in our body and our human eye, our eye is one of the most important sensory organs among them. Our eyes allow to see allow us to see and interpret the shapes and colors and that makes our life beautiful and meaningful. I am, I am right now like a blind man. When I take out this, my, my glasses, I cannot tell who is sitting here. I can only see people sitting here. And when I put on my glasses, now I can see you. So without my glasses, I'm legally blind. And with this help, I can see you. So you can see how difficult that would be for this blind person that uh, we just read in the gospel. And we are not sure if he was blind, uh, he was born blind or he, he was blind later on in his life. But whatever situation he was, uh, however he got blinded, um, we know it is very difficult. It would be very, very uh, difficult and it's, it's very limited uh, in a sense of his uh, movement he can do. Here, looking at this story, we see that Jesus cared about this person and his disability. And uh, first of all, we can see the condition of the person here. The condition of the person is found here in Verse 46, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, Bar means son in Greek, so, and was sitting by the roadside begging. We observe here this man is blind and sitting on the roadside. So his blindness make him disabled. So because of his blindness, he cannot carry on a regular job, 
regular employment, so he has to sit on the roadside and beg from other people. You can see how dependent he is on other people. And so here he's sitting there blind, and his blindness leads to other disability. So uh, the 24-hour daylight becomes 24-hour night for him. And so if you and I, being able to see if you just close your eyes right now and, you know, if, if you try to move, you'll feel like you are crazy, you know, just for a few minutes. So how difficult that would be for a blind person to live like that for his entire life. So it's a, it's a big disability and he's not able to move and the blindness creates more uh, difficulty and more dependent on other people. We see that uh, because of our physical sight, we can see things as they are and we can see things powerful and they make life very meaningful. But this person is helpless. He, he lives in the dark and he cannot see and he needs help uh, from other people to move around and to stand and to sit down. And he, depend, he was dependent on other people. He was helpless and it seems like uh, beyond repair, uh, beyond uh, hope. But the difference between this person and other people today is many people today, they have problems and they don't want to acknowledge and they don't want to get from help from other people and they stay in their problems for a long time. But this person, he knows his problem and he knows he's disabled and he has a desire to be helped and he admit his problem and then he get to where he can get the answer and he, he approached Jesus in spite of difficulty around, along the road. So we see here this person has a strong desire to be helped and to be healed. We can see that in his uh, confession in verse 47, when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. We see how strong his desire. He has been sitting there for a long time. And when he heard Jesus of the Nazareth, he, he must have heard that Jesus can heal people. Jesus can raise the dead and Jesus can heal the disabled person. So he, has, uh, he was full of faith. And as soon as he heard Jesus is in his town, and as soon as he's, he heard Jesus is in, in his vicinity, even though he cannot see, and he started to scream. Uh, he started crying for help. But he is not without opposition. The people started to tell him in verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But what happened? He shouted all the more, all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. The more people tried to quiet him, and the more people tried to stop him, he started crying. He started uh, shouting even more, uh, asking for help. In our life, when we have difficulties, there are 
uh, obstacle that that we face, even to get to where we want to get to be, where we want to be. Especially in this uh, in this situation, this person he is right here disabled, and Jesus is right here. And in order to get to Jesus, he has to cross many things. He has to pass through difficulties. People try to stop him. We don't know why they try to stop him. Perhaps they think this, is, this person is a, a barrier or this person is a, 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 a distraction. Perhaps they thought this, uh, it would be shameful for this person to be seen by Jesus. Um, they, they probably have so many uh, thoughts. And they probably thought, oh, this person is disabled. He, he is not clean. And it will be shameful for Jesus, who is like a celebrity. People follow him. It will be shameful for uh, this person to see Jesus in public. So they, have all, they probably have all kinds of reasoning to stop this person. But from this person's situation and from the viewpoint of Jesus, it's completely different. This person, in spite of his inability, his disability, his um, shameful situation, he, he still press on to get help. In spite of people blocking him, in spite of the barrier in his life, he, he tried to get to Jesus. So there might be many barriers in our life when we try to get answers uh, from God and when we try to get help. But this is a good example. This person, he doesn't give up. He doesn't give up hope. If he would have uh, shut down when people said, be quiet, he would never got help. He would never got healed. But he did not stop there. He pressed on. He cried more. And he, he passed uh, beyond this crowd who, who was criticizing, who was um, trying to block him to get to Jesus. So, in our life, there may be barriers and difficulties uh, between our, our, our situation and uh, to the God where we want to get help from. There may be many things that we have to cross, but uh, we should never give up. We should never uh, give up because of the, the road, the difficult, the dark road or the stony road or the uh, the. the Situation or the road, how, however it, it is difficult, and however steep, however steep or however uh, high the road uh, we might have to cross, we have to press on to get to Jesus to get our help. There may be some prayer that you you do not get. Just keep on praying. Just try to get to Jesus. Pass those this difficulty. And once you get to Jesus, he will take care. Amen. He will meet your need. He's the God who cares everyone, especially the disabled person. To the eyes of the people, the disabled people are like worthless and they are shame uh, in front of uh, people. But to Jesus, everyone is the same. Jesus welcome everybody. Jesus welcome children. Jesus welcome uh, uh, people who are outcast. Jesus welcome the um, uh, anyone who would come to him, in spite of their social status. 
we see this person has to cross so many barriers to get to Jesus, and he shouted the more when people tried to stop him. And as this person really tried hard to get to Jesus, Jesus heard this person, and Jesus knew how this person, how hard this person tried to get to him, and Jesus appreciated that. Jesus liked that uh, motivation, and that motivate Jesus. And because of this person's motivation, because of his pers- this person uh, um, um, trying and shouting for, uh, asking for help, Jesus, uh, he, he got Jesus' response. You see, Jesus may not respond us right away for the thing that we ask for. And, but like this person, if we raise our voice, if we raise our, the time that we spend with God, more time and more diligence in our prayer, in our walk with the Lord, we'll get to Jesus. And when we get to Jesus, he will take care of our problem and he'll meet our needs here. That's what we see here. Jesus, the care, the concern of Jesus we see here in verse 47, Jesus said, call him, so they call to the blind man. The other people said, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. So as soon as this crowd who tried to stop this person to come to Jesus, as soon as they heard Jesus calling this blind man, these people changed their attitude and they, they said, oh, he called you, get up, go, go, go. You see, the person tried hard and he finally got Jesus' attention. And when Jesus turned around to him to call him, then all these people who were trying to stop him, they, they become quiet. You see, if he would have given up, this, the crowd would have... Uh, uh, win, uh, win the race and he, he would have never gotten to Jesus and the, the people who tried to stop him might have clapped their hands and uh, they, they would leave this, uh, this blind person behind. He would never get help. But he, he did not give up. He, he persists. And then Jesus turned around and Jesus called this person. So after <clears throat> Jesus called this person we would think that uh, Jesus could have healed him. Like uh, someone come to Jesus and uh, one of the, uh, the, 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 sword, the army uh, leader, the general came to Jesus and oh, my son is sick. And Jesus said, okay, he, he'll be healed. Jesus did not go to the house or the town. But in that very instant, Jesus healed that person. But it doesn't happen that way here. You see, this person really had to cross different barriers. Even after Jesus called him, Jesus told him to, to come to him. He get to Jesus, and we would think Jesus would heal him instantly. But Jesus uh, asked him a question. He said, what do you want me to do? You see here, Jesus really uh, tried to get his attention. He want him to uh, confess his need before him. A lot of time we, 
we want blessing from God and we just generally pray or we, we just do it as a routine. But Jesus wants more than that. Sometimes Jesus wants our attention. Jesus wants our heart. That's why he, he, he make, us, uh, make us go through a different barrier after another. And that's what we see here. When you go to the hospital, when, when you make appointment, you already uh, tell them what you want to do. For example, you said you have a headache, and the nurse put in the visit, uh, in the visit section in the computer, uh, this person come for he headache. So when they check you in, they ask you all kinds of questions, and the, the nurse asks you, where, where, why do you come? to see the doctor and you tell them. Then you see the doctor and the doctor asks you again, why do you come to see? Sometimes you want to say, you already know why I come, why, why don't you just tell me? <laughs> Give me the prescription. Uh, there's a funny uh, story. I, I, I used to work in a hospital, um, in, in one hospital and there's a, there was a doctor and he, he see patient, and as soon as the, pe the patient started talking, uh, he, he asked them, why do you come? And the, the patient started talking, oh, I have so that, that, that kind of problem. And then he would draw, he would pull up his drawer, and then he would, oh, take this medicine, <laughs> you know. So he already, actually, they already know. But why do they ask? They want the patient to tell them what the problem is. Sometimes there's miscommunication. That's why they, they, want, uh, they want them to tell what exactly they are there for. So the same way, it, it was not that Jesus did not know the problem with this person, but Jesus want this person to verbalize it. And he want to, he want to see his heart. He want to hear his uh, voice, uh, his uh, voice, his passion to be healed. And this person, um, he expressed, what did he say? He said, Rabbi, teacher, I want to see. So he tell him he want to see. He did not say, Jesus, you know my problem. He could have said, you already know. I cannot see. You know, people help me to get here. But he said, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus want to hear the exact problem, the exact uh, situation that we are in, and he wants us to verbalize it uh, many times. Sometimes he heals people from the distance. In this situation, even after this person gets to Jesus, Jesus asks him, what do you really want me to do? And this person said, Rabbi, I want to see. As soon as this person said in verse 52, Jesus said, go, your faith has heal you. You see, there are people Jesus heal even without the faith of the person who, uh, who need help. But in many and in most situations, Jesus require someone uh, to believe him that he can do it. You know, it is not the faith that heal this person, but it is the faith is the means that Jesus used, you know. So you, you, you want to get help, and I want to see how, how much do you want to get healed, and I want to see how much you try uh, to, to get 
to me. That's what Jesus is saying. And by seeing how, uh, how much this person want to get healed and how much this person tried to get to Jesus, Jesus was motivated to heal him. It was not that the person's faith that healed him, but it is the faith that motivated Jesus to heal this person. That's why Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Actually, it, it was Jesus who healed him. The moment Jesus desired in his heart that this person uh, will be healed, even without saying a word or without doing or touching anything, the moment Jesus had that desire, that person was healed. So we see here uh, the man's responsibility and God's responsibility. So we want to be healed, we have to express our need. We have to uh, put our trust in Jesus. That's the same way in our salvation. You know, we have to believe that Jesus died for our sins and he, he took on the cross our pain and our shame and he died for us. When we believe that, when God see that, he, he, um, he saved us from our sins. The same way uh, Jesus saved this person in spite of his difficulty, but this person called on Jesus, he crossed barrier after barrier, and he finally get to Jesus, and then he come to Jesus, and Jesus asked him more questions, and then he, he confessed, I want to see and then Jesus healed him. So there might be barrier that we need to cross in order to get to Jesus. Jesus wants personal relationship. Jesus wants a personal encounter. He doesn't want long distance relationship. He doesn't want virtual relationship. He doesn't want Facebook kind of relationship. You know, you see them and they don't even know. Or if they respond, you're very happy. If they don't respond, you are really sad, you know. But Jesus wants personal face-to-face -face relationship. He wants to build relationship with everybody. That's what we see here. There are some personal applications that we could see uh, from this story. The first one is we must be thankful for our physical sight that we can see. Even though I cannot see you, Without my glasses, I thank God for the glasses. I thank God for the people. God uh, gave the brain to create this kind of uh, technology that I can see. So there are so many things that we need to be thankful for. And the uh, Proverb 2012 said, Ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord made them both. It is God who made our eyes. Our eye is one of the most wonders in our body. It is the closest to our brain. And the atheists and the evolutionists try to explain a way that people are not created by God. But when uh, Christian scientists try to, um, try to debate and try to um, uh, answer their question. The place where we, they stuck the most was the eyes. The beauty of the eyes and the complexity of the eyes and how the, uh, God made the eye and 
how it is impo uh, impossible for, uh, for someone you know, to, to, be, to become from animal to person. When you look at the eyes, how complex, how God made the eye very complex and very beautiful. So that's the beauty of it. And we need to be thankful. The moment we get up and see the light, we need to be thankful to the Lord. Helen Keller was a blind person. She said she was thankful for three things. The first one, God granted me knowledge of his works. And the second one, God has set the lamp of faith in my darkness. The third one is, I have another life to look forward to. Even though she cannot see throughout her life, it's, she was like living in the dark, she can still thank the Lord because she has another life where she can see beautiful things, beautiful creation of God, and where she can perhaps even see God. She looked forward to that and she's even thankful for that. When we have some difficulty, a little headache or some uh, roadblock in our heart, we want to give up. We want to uh, stay back. We want to uh, reduce our prayer and we don't want to reduce our activity in the church or in the ministry. But not so, this person. Uh, she, she's thankful for everything. The second thing we must be thankful for is our spiritual sight. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. John 1, 5, Jesus said, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Colossians 1, 12, verses 12 on, it reads, God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgiveness. When you and I believe Jesus died for our sin on the cross of Calvary, that's when we cross from the darkness into the light of God's kingdom. And that's when we become the children of God. And we need to be thankful. And there was a blind man in the book of John. He was a young man. And people, why this, this, this person was blind? Uh, people have uh, many other um, answers. And Jesus said, this is for the glory of God. And people ask him, how you get healed? Uh, who was that to heal you? And uh, people ask uh, all kinds of questions. And this person said, one thing I know, once I was blind, and now I can see, he said. <laughs> you and I may not know how we see our spiritual sight, you know. But the Bible says, the moment you believe Jesus died for your sin, and die in your place, the moment you believe Jesus is your savior, that's when you started to see uh, spiritually. And you may not feel it, you may not even know it, but that's when, that's when it happened. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 18, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Ephesians 5, it said, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The most, the best way we can 
express our gratitude to God for what he has done is to live as children of light, to live worthy of the calling that he called us to be as his children. The third thing that we can learn from here is even though we have spiritual sight, we still walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. Even though you and I become the children of light and the children of God, there are a lot of fog that we have to go through, a lot of blurry vision we have to cross. And we can do that by faith, by putting our faith. And it is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in, in the God who, who cared for our needs every day. And uh, we still need God's guidance from, his, from the Bible, perhaps from the preaching, perhaps from the Word of God, from the devotion, and from other Christians who can guide us and through our conscience by which God speaks to us uh, on a daily basis. So we need God's guidance in spite of um, the light that we live in this life. And that leads us to the next one. Let us allow God and others to check on our blind spots. If you are driving, the most dangerous and the, the most frequent accident that happens is uh, because of the blind spot accident. I cannot see the person next to me, and he cannot see me when he or she is in my blind spot. It happened probably a month ago. I was driving on the highway here, and there was like five lanes we were driving. I was driving on about the third uh, lane, and there was, some, there was a lot of car driving. And I tried to move, I, I signal, and I tried to move to the next one. And the person next to me tried to move this uh, from across on the other lane, tried to move into uh, the, the second lane. And so we tried to move at the same time. And I thank God, I, I happened to look before I move, and as soon as I look, this person tried to move to the spot that where I tried to move, and then I quickly tried to move back. If I didn't see that, we would have collided sideways, and it would be a big mess. So there are a lot of um, uh, traffic accidents because of blind spot uh, accident. Um, there are a lot of uh, problem that we face in our Christian life because of our blind spot. You see, I cannot see the blind spot where I am in. Someone who is from the outside, they can see it and they can tell me. So the, the, one, of, one of the best person who can check your blind spot is your spouse. You know, your spouse can tell you where you need it. Sometimes they are so good that they sometimes see something that's not even there. So that's a little bit extreme. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to be careful about that. Sometimes you see things that's not there. So that you are putting too much power <laughs> in your glasses. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's a, a limit to which you, you can see and you can uh, tell other people, you know. So the best one is your spouse or your family member, maybe children, 
for your parents. Your parents have gone through life, through trials and error, and they have gone through and they, they have faced many things, and they tell you, don't do it. Don't hang out with that person. Don't do that stuff. Better listen, because you don't see your blind spot. So there are so many people who can tell us. So we need God, God's word, to tell us our blind spot and other people to tell us the blind spot. God really cares us, and everyone is disabled. Some, someone, some of you might think, why uh, pastor titled the, the sermon, God care about your disability? I don't have any disability, some of you might say. We are disabled in one way or the other. I am disabled without my glasses, you know. I wish I am a specialist in every area. And every time my family have a problem, I, I wish I can heal their eyes. I wish I can heal all the problem I, so that I don't have to send uh, people to specialists. But we are not specialists in all area, you know. I can do a few things, but I, can do, I cannot do a lot of other things. That's why we need other people. And the same way in our Christian life, we need each other. We need other people to help us, to, to prop us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to guide us, and to point us where we need to go. And so God cares for our need, and our disability could become an opportunity or a barrier. There's a choice that we have to do. There are a lot of disabled people who make their disability and who take it as an opportunity to serve God. Helen Keller, that the one that I mentioned, she was blind at the age of two, and she was blind, and then she became deaf also. And she has a, a good teacher, Anne Sullivan. She helped her with uh, her ability to communicate, and she even graduated, and she became uh, one of the great um, American educator, advocate for the blind and the deaf, and she became the co-founder of SCLU. And she was living for other people. Being a blind person, she could have cried every day the moment she get up, oh, I'm blind, I cannot do anything. Instead of that, she take it as a challenge to help other people. So we are we are blind and we are disabled in one way or another. We can use that for uh, the opportunity to serve other people and to serve the kingdom of God. And the Lord will help us. So God really do care uh, whatever situation we are in, even in our disability. He's ready to help us. May the Lord help us uh, to live for him. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>